Hey guys, today's episode is going to be a fun one. We're going to be talking about submission. What is biblical submission? How do we define this? What is submission? What is not submission? Before I do so, I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We're creating episodes, either one to two episodes a week for you listening to this. Seriously, we think you're so important, so valuable. All you want to do is just offer some responses to questions you've asked or thoughts that we're having. Obviously, this is called conversation. So we just want to create conversations. Maybe you and friends can talk about certain topics. And I'm going to be interviewing people. I've had interviewed plenty of people on this episode. I think we've had over 50 different episodes. This might be number 50. I don't know. I'll have to double check. But today, yeah, like I said, we're going to talk about submission. I hope that you will take this for a grain of salt. Again, a lot of this is scripture and it's just absolute truth. So these are things that over my preferences, over my experiences, this is what the Bible says. And I believe the Bible is absolute truth. You might not, and that's okay. I think you can learn from this anyways. So before I do, I want to preface, if you have any church hurt or trauma or things that have happened to you in the past, I want to make sure that you know, we're going to be talking about what it looks like. And again, it's not, it's not really an opinion. We don't really, we can have opinions about things, but at the end of the day, this is absolute truth. And on one side or the other, even if you're a church leader, this might be offensive and that's okay. Offensiveness is great. It's causing change in us to think about things, to go deeper and things that we might be processing. So we're going to have five things that submission is not, and then we're going to go into five things that submission is. And really, we got to think about this word, right? Submission. What is this? It's a, it's a sub to the mission. Like it's a, it's a, it's an addition to the mission, aka what you got to be able to define the mission. And again, this is, this is for the church. This is for church leaders. This is for people that are committed to building their local church. Again, this is not a spectator conversation. This is somebody who's participating in their local church. Again, it's really easy to have an opinion about something when you're not involved in it. It's really easy from a thousand feet away to see something, the whole big picture. But today we're going to kind of dive into some things that I've experienced. I've experienced a lot of this is just observations that I've made of experiencing really healthy submission, but also really unhealthy submission. And for context, my wife and I love the local church. We are part of a local church. I've been a part of the church since I was 15. I got saved in a small group in my youth ministry and Really, I've had great people discipling and building and pastoring us, no matter what context we're in, if we're leading in a high capacity or we're serving and giving in our local church, whatever. So jumping right in, these are the five things that submission is not. And again, I want to preface, these are things from scripture. So they're really, this is, this, it is what it is. That's all, that's all I'll say from there. So yeah, number one, submission is not agreeing on everything. It's not what submission is. Submission is not being a yes man in your context. It is not saying yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir on everything, even if you might not agree on something. Again, we'll talk about in, in, a, in a couple of minutes how to actually create unity in those divisions or in those things where you might not simply agree upon it. But really, a good leader says this, you were right, I was wrong. If you've never heard that in your leader, there's, there's a tension, there's a problem. And in these five that I'm listing, these are not things where I'm saying you need to run away from that person. Really what I'm saying is these are things that you might want to address with them to be able to bring clarity and context to what we're So submission is not agreeing upon everything. Jesus is the king, okay? Many, many leaders, many pastors, 
And I say many, I'd say not really a many. I really believe that it's a few and far between. I'm believing that many of you are incredible leaders who are innovators, and this is just icing on the cake of who you are as a person privately and publicly. But Jesus is the king, and really, newsflash, there can't be two kings in one castle. And if you are a part of the church, if you are a part of the capital C church, and even the lowercase c church, your local church, we're building the kingdom of God. We're not building a brand. We're not building our personal preferences. We're building the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, we have one king, and you're not it, and I'm not it. We're not the kings. We cannot wear crowns, not literally, that'd be weird, figuratively. Jesus is the king. We, that is, and we say yes, sir, to basically everything with a king, right? A king, and we're not, we're not slaves, right? We're actually partners, we're co-heirs with the king, which is great. We're not, we're not slaves to Jesus. We're not slaves really to anything. We, we, are, we are free. We have been birthed new freedom in Christ. There's like Galatians 5 or whatever. But yeah, Jesus is a king. We're not, we're not kings, aka there's going to be times where there's disagreements and that's okay. And as a leader, we need to be okay to pivot and say, you were right, I was wrong. And honestly, the best, best leaders, even if the person was wrong, you take acceptance of that and help them steward that. You always take the losses and give away the wins. So submission is not agreeing on everything. Number two, submission doesn't mean leaving your brain at the altar. Submission never leaves the brain at the altar, aka we're not building robots here. You're not, we're not looking for busy bees. Again, the people who remove their brain on some things that are so practical, like we're not, we're not asking you to do so. And I'm not asking you to do so. Hopefully your leader is. And if you're a leader, you should not be telling people, hey, let's move your cognitive awareness away from this context. And really what I want to do is just make sure you feel insecure around me just enough so that you say yes to me all the time. Let's not leave our brains at the altar. What I'm saying is stop submitting all of your thoughts, all of your insights, and all of those things that you feel like God's telling you to do or bring up at the staff meeting or the small group and stop just copy and pasting your, what your leader is saying. Again, we take the truth of God serious, which is the word, the Bible. The Bible is our absolute truth. And when people listen to that, receive it, and listen to the Holy Spirit, we're human beings trying to understand an infinite God. We're finite human beings. There's going to be times where we make mistakes. There's going to be times where I say things that are wrong or you say things that are wrong. We got to be okay with that. We obviously understand grace. If grace is what has saved us, then that's actually what's going to sustain us as well. Many times we forget that grace is great. It is literally the, the difference of any other religion in ours is we actually have a God, we actually have a savior who became all of our error or wrong so that we might be connected to God. So don't leave your brain at the altar. You're so smart. You're so wise. You're a great leader. You have so much insight. You are not just a busy bee. You do not have to do that. Number three, submission doesn't mean you do not try to influence your leader. This is a very hot button topic you see probably hundreds of episodes of different podcasts of how do you influence up? Because many people don't understand you can actually influence your leader. And I'm not saying try to be a domineering, manipulative, under the tone leader to get them to make, think differently or change. But you have so much insight. You have so much wisdom. You have so much experience. 
And really, the great leaders are leading people who are better than them at almost everything or everything. But you you have the right to influence your leader. And your leader, if you are you are a leader listening to this, I, I'm assuming, you got to give people permission to share their insights and feedback to you. If you're constantly giving them feedback and pushing back on things and help and saying, no, that's wrong, this is right, and not giving them permission to share their insights, you're building small people. And I can you can always tell a small you're, a person's building small people. Again, you go back to the last one. Their brain is at the altar. They're like not developing themselves because they're, they're just constantly looking for the leader to give them all of the information that they need. So you can influence up. You can lead up in what is influence. It's just leading somebody and helping them think about a certain thing a different way to, do, to change their their cognitive awareness, their perspective on something, their perception of something because perspective and perception are different. But you you don't have to just not beat up. You don't have to not just share your insight. You don't have to not. Those things are incredible. And to think that God put an insight or a, a piece of wisdom in you to share with your leader, that's showing you are taking advice and you're applying it, and you're growing, and you want to do the same thing up. So props to you. Keep going. Keep leading, regardless of who's in front of you. Leadership, again, submission doesn't mean you're, you're try, you don't have to influence up. Submission is not putting the leader before the Lord. Yeah, submission is not putting the leader before the Lord. Christ is your Lord. They are not. They're not your Lord. And I've been in contexts, and I've experienced contexts. I've sat at coffee or FaceTimes with you listeners who are sharing stories of people are trying to remove your relationship with God. And really what they're doing is maybe cognitively or subconsciously, one of the two, they're trying to actually turn you to not. And again, most people are not going to manipulate you to not have a relationship with God, especially if they're in ministry. Again, this is, this is so extreme, but again, it, it does happen and it is important to talk about. And if somebody has to retrain your thinking on what submission is, that's really scary because submission is simple and it's biblical and we'll go into what it is very soon. But submission is not putting the leader before Jesus. Jesus is your Lord. They are not. Jesus is who you report to. Yes, you have a leader and yes, God has placed them there for a specific reason, even if they are bad leaders, by the way. Read the Old Testament. There's so many horrible, bad motives trash people in the old testament who god put them there for a specific reason and and i would say that is the case 99 percent of the time god has placed them for a reason and it doesn't mean you can't grow just because you have a bad leader doesn't mean you can't grow it means that you have to take personal responsibility for your growth and that goes into this one i'm saying is if they're trying to start your personal development and growth with jesus that is absolutely horrible and that's not okay Again, they're not your Lord, Jesus is. Number five, submission is not getting all your spiritual strength from a leader. This this is super practical here. If you're only listening to your leader on a Sunday morning and then maybe another session in the middle of the week for your development, what we're going to be doing is subconsciously, we're going to start actually taking what he's saying as an absolute truth. And any good preacher, any good teacher, any good communicator is always going to say, you check it yourself. This is just my med- meditation this last week with Jesus and scripture. I might be wrong here. Like, go read it yourself. That is a person that you want to follow. 
the person who's telling you to read your Bible, you do your own research, do dive into it as much as you need, because people are flawed. We all make mistakes. I've committed things on stage, I'm sure, that are completely wrong. And and because we're human, we're not all perfect. You'll never hear a perfect sermon. Never. The only thing that's perfect is God's word, like I said. So don't stop trying to get all your spiritual strength from a leader. And if you're a leader, really start to ask yourself, am I creating dependence on my devotion to God with my other people's development with their God? Because it's their Jesus just as much as it's yours, right? Personal relation with Jesus. But again, there definitely is a reporting system that God designs in his church. And that is elders and pastors and teachers and apostles. We understand that. But the reality is those people, the people who are in leadership in God's church are there to grow you and to help you maintain the disciplines and the tools so you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. And as a leader, again, I've been in church leadership for a very long time. I'm not out of the church. This is not a a church hurt mechanism tool. This is a place where we're actually having a conversation saying, this is who we need to be as leaders. And this is who we should not be. So stop getting all your spiritual strength from a leader. You don't need to pray with the pastor at the end of service. What, what I love, and what, I forgot which leader, but I was talking to him. And at the end of service, when they get done preaching, most of the time there's always like four or five people who want to get prayed over for the pastor. What I love is prompting that person who's coming up to you, hey, would you mind praying for me? Oh, what do you need prayer for? I don't know. Just whatever you think. I love prayer. Just go into my week. Doing that bridges the gap so much to people in your church. And you're, I'll say this, in the green room culture, we got to be with our people. It is absolutely a dangerous place when you're removing yourself from your congregation or church. You're really not the pastor at that point. You're just a guest speaker doing a TED Talk once in a while, sharing God's word. But a pastor is with the people. I feel like that's pretty obvious, but again, some people, it's not so obvious. So jumping into really what what submission is, and and I love this topic because most people don't want to talk about it. They get scared of it, especially in the context of marriage. But this is this is more like church biblical submission, but it applies to any relationship you have. Again, you could have I could have read those five points in the context of as a husband or as a wife. But we're really talking about church leadership because that's that's our core audience. That's who we're talking to. So here here's a scripture that I think we've all heard about honor and submission. I'll just read it and then we'll dive into the five points of what submission is. Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not groaning, for that would be of no advantage. It was a couple of years ago, I was going through a pretty hard season as a leader in a church. And I remember talking to a pastor in Florida on FaceTime, and I was talking to him about the, the way I was being treated. And he said, Josh, you know, just as much as you are going to have to give an account to Jesus, so are they. And that freed me so much of taking complete ownership of the way I was being treated because we always want to take ownership because we're leaders. But the reality is there are people who are not treating you correctly. Just to free you up on that, they have to give an account to Jesus just as much as you do. So take a deep breath. We're all in it. Again, some people, again, 90% of people have your best interests in mind and love you and want to help you grow and look more like Jesus. So we don't want to ever take like a 
a small pocket and apply it to the whole the whole church or the whole Christianity. I think that's actually the what the definition of racism would be. So here are five things that submission is. Submission is respect and honor. Show respect and honor to your pastors as they care for your spiritual well-being. Again, Hebrews 13, 17. They're the ones who are spiritually responsible for you. Again, God doesn't call someone to be a pastor so they can just make good sermon clips. They're calling them to take care of a flock. They are taking care of sheep. They're taking care of us. And these are the people who are spending their week, their time. They're the ones who are at the hospital when your baby is born or when a family member is sick or at the funeral or at the wedding and at the dinner table when you're arguing with your spouse or you name it. They're the ones who are going to be there and spiritually responsible, not just for you today, but your growth. And that's you can see how these things coexist because when somebody is not healthy, they're really creating a dependence, a savior mechanism for themselves. But if they are healthy, they're taking care of your your spirit, your soul, and helping you develop and be more like Jesus. So show them respect and honor. And that's a mutual, by the way. That that is what honor is. It's mutual respect, mutual honor. That's what submission is. So two, prayerful support. Is your pastor praying for you? First Timothy two, one through two, you can read it. But our pastors are praying for us, or they're interceding for us, they're interceding for our marriages, our kids, our our jobs, our our development in that space, aka they ain't praying for you. That's a dangerous, dangerous place to be as a pastor if you're not praying for your people. Because it's really hard to be bitter towards your leader if you're praying for them and thanking God for them. By the way, that's the best way to break through bitterness is to actually thank God for them, not for what they do, but who they are and play, pray a blessing over them. Do that. Number two, three, teachable. Again, these are mutual. Every part of this relationship, it has to be mutual. But teachability, does your pastor, if your pastor has a teachable attitude, again, they're receiving feedback, they're receiving what you are saying. Again, just because you communicate it doesn't mean they have to do it. That's also the other side of it. Just because you communicate something doesn't mean that they have to go, yes, sir, no, sir. That's just as unhealthy. What they can do, though, is listen. Yep, I understand. I understand. By the way, this doesn't happen week one. Like that's why that's why I preface the beginning of this. This is for people who are actually part of the church, not a spectator trying to tell the coach how to play the game. That doesn't work either. But Acts 17, 11, so again, I'm just going to give scripture to all these because you can dive into it yourself and understand it. And these are scriptures to back what I'm communicating. But you need to have teachability. If the If the person has teachability, if the pastor has teachability, that is somebody worth submitting to. That's what I'll say. Unity and avoiding division. So we need to strive for unity in the church and avoid causing division. First Corinthians one ten. If there is if there is division in the local church or division or disunity, who whose responsibility is that? It's you listening to this and everybody else in your congregation. Anyone who has given their life to Jesus, I would say this is participating in some sort, whether that is financially or they're sowing into the church. They're serving on a team. They're leading on a team. Not just for a small pocket, but unity. What's the first letter? Starts with you. Unity starts with you. Take ownership of this. And again, this is somebody who is worth submitting to. A pastor who strives for unity and is okay with conflict and willing to pull you and another person in and to hear you out and not just tell you how you're wrong or tell them that they're wrong, 
but to create a conversation and to create a safe space for people to share and to be able to aim towards unity is what I'll say. Because we know where there is unity, God commands a blessing, which also means, this is a small caveat, that actually means with other churches as well. It's like a it's like a yellow flag, might be a red flag if your pastor can't have friends that are also in ministry. And it's also the other side of it, if they can't have friends in the church, their own church. You can be friends and the pastor doesn't have to be this this mechanism, this person who is 100 feet away, they have a VIP safety person, you can't talk to them. You can't be friends with them. That's very odd, right? I feel like that's pretty normal, but but the person, your pastor should be striving for unity. They should be striving for avoiding division of any sort of conflict. So we got to strive for unity in the church and your leader should be doing so, but you should also be taking responsibility to make sure there is no disunity in the body because that is cancer to the body. And it only takes one. It only takes one person to do that. Gossip, slander, again, even the thoughts that they're thinking about the person, those things are unhealthy. Your leader, your pastor should be striving to have a conversation with them. Again, not to make sure they feel like they're wrong, they're a bad person for having feelings. No, but helping them, again, that is what pastoring is. That is showing people through God's word and through their experience how to work through something. Because a past, your pastor is not your counselor. They can give counsel, they can give insight from God's word, but they're not your therapist. There's a reason why therapists have to go to school to understand the psyche of a human being. Just as much as so, pastors go to school, pastors go to classes and courses and conferences to learn about you, about me, because we're broken, jacked up people. And they're saying, hey, we need to make sure there's unity in our church and no conflict and health as much as we can. So the last one, and then we'll kind of recap here. This is a shorter podcast, but again, I just wanted to make it very clear what submission is and what submission is not. So last one, love. Ephesians 5.21, submit to pastors and leaders with a spirit of love and humility. You want to you want to submit to somebody who or somebody is worth submitting to is a person who leads with love. This is something that I've seen. Again, it's very, very small percentage of, of leaders in the church who don't lead with love. It's usually the people who dismiss grace in their message and my, the message on the stage, but also a message at coffee, a message in a staff meeting. If they're all about truth with no grace, what are we? We're noise. We're a noisy gong. We're banging that that noise and it's noisy and it's it's loud and it's absurd and it causes headaches, literally. We got to lead with love. You got to be a person who has love in your heart. First Corinthians 13 obviously gives context to what love is and what it isn't, but it's patient. It's kind. It does not envy. These are the things that, again, carries over in our context of this is a person who you should be submitting to, is a person who loves you and is for you and loves their church and loves the people who don't look like them, loves the church across the street who doesn't preach like them. This is a leader who leads with love. We'll run through these five again, and then we'll go back to the other ones and we'll, we'll call it a day and we'll go to next week. But this is a pastor who's worth submitting to, somebody who respects mutually they're showing you respect. You respect them. They're showing honor to you. They're saying, hey, you have so much value. Honor just means where you give weight. So if they're giving weight to you, not just for what you do, but the character, the person you are, that is where someone we're submitting to. They're praying for you. It's super, super practical, but be praying for your pastors. Hopefully they're praying for you. Teachable attitude. 
Do they have teachability in their heart? Are they willing to say, I was, I was wrong, you were right? Unity, are they striving for unity within your, your small group, within your church? Because that is a person we're submitting to. They're going to fight for unity. And lastly, probably most importantly, is love. Do they lead with love? Do they love you? Is love not just on their, on their tongue, but really in their, in their actions too? Are they smiling? Are they a person who is about the, the grace of Jesus? Because we know, like Paul says to Timothy, I think it's 2 Timothy 2.1 or 1 Timothy 2.1, be strong in the grace for those who are in Christ Jesus. And Paul is, a, is an OG church leader talking to a young Timothy, his mentee, and he's saying, be strong in the grace. As leaders, we need to be strong in the grace. We need to be strong in the way we lead with people, the way we talk to people. Because submission is not agreeing on everything. Submission doesn't mean you need to leave your brain at the altar. Submission does not mean you're trying to influence your leader. Christ is your Lord. They are not. And submission is not getting all the spiritual strength from your leader. I'll wrap up with this. Submission is a hot button topic. It's like a, it almost seems like we're scared to talk about this word because our default always goes to slavery. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to be a slave to anybody. That's bad. Slavery is horrible. Submission is not slavery. Submission is healthy. You actually want to be under covering. And your pastor, they're a healthy pastor. Again, you can read Titus 1. That is the check boxes for a person who should be a pastor. It's all in there. If they're living in that and living in the grace that God has called them to do, you want to be covered. Because You've heard this illustration, it's kind of cheesy a thousand times, but a lion doesn't go after one specific animal by the, or they do go by, by themselves. It's when they're in a flock, they won't go towards them. And similar to the church, a lonely Christian, a person who is not in a group and not in a team, does not have friends, the enemy is going after that person. Similar to a leader, you need to have friends, you need to have people you can text, you need to have people you can talk to. You know, people that are pastoring you, every pastor should have a pastor, should be like the second question you ask your leader, by the way, if you're a part of a new church is, hey, who's your leader? Who's your pastor? I'd love to listen to their podcast, love to read their book, whatever, do your research. But I love you guys so much. And I hope that this gives you insight to really a a word that has been used in a very negative context. I want to bring health and light to it because it is healthy. It is great. And like we've always said, just as much as when a, a girl talks to a guy, by the way, nowhere in scripture does it say girlfriends submit to your boyfriend or females submit to males. You will not find that anywhere. It says wives submit to your husbands, but it also says husbands submit to your wives as Jesus submitted to his church. Therefore, the husband should be sacrificing and almost not physically dying, that's bad, but dying to yourself physically, mentally, spiritually. Again, it takes work and you have to be a person being worth submitted to. Be a person of honor, be a person of integrity, be a person who prays, have teachability, create as much unity as you can. And at the end of the day, this isn't something we chase. This isn't something that you should be desiring if you're a leader. These are things that come to you once you have skin in the game, once you work hard, once you show everyone you're about that life, which is I'm about servanthood, I'm about unity, I'm about consistency, I'm about honor, showing honor, not expecting it. Because 
ex honor is not expected it's earned so love you guys so much we'll see you next week i'm excited we have a really really awesome guest coming up next week he's got a book launching it's part of an incredible healthy church that is shaping the game across the country across the world even so stay tuned for our incredible guest i don't talk to you soon love you so much message me if you need anything we'll see you next week